Hello and welcome back to Storming the Gates, the series for such a time as this. Today we're going to be finishing Esther chapter 2. We only have three verses left to cover in that chapter, but what important verses they are. They are particularly significant right now in this day. everybody. I am so glad to be here, and I'm so thankful that you are here with me. Um, there has been a lot going on in my personal life. I know there's a lot going on in the world in general, but I had a visit from my son. He came earlier than I expected, and now I'm heading out on a road trip because I have a brother-in-law who is not doing well, and I would just ask you to pray. I doubt I'm going to have a chance to upload a new episode for at least a week, um, but I will be back in the very near future. So meanwhile, let's go ahead and take that dive into Esther chapter 2, verses 21 through 22. So let's start at 21. It says, In those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Bigthan and Teresh, of those which kept the door were wroth and sought to lay hands on the king Ahasuerus. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it unto Esther the queen. And Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. Bit of King James going on there, but that means that she checked it out and she uh, told the king about it. And when inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out. Therefore, they were both hanged on a tree. And it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. Well, first of all, where do we find Mordecai here? He is sitting at the king's gate. Commentators generally agree that this is a very respected position. So somehow, somewhere along the line, Mordecai crossed over from being the concerned dad who was walking around the walls to the one who is now sitting directly in the gates. Yesterday, a friend of mine and myself were praying, and she said that God had put Job 29 on her heart. And I'm not going to read all of that here, and I encourage you to take a look at it, because he explains what he did and what it looked like when he sat at the gate. Job talked about how he helped the poor, that he was there for the needy. He says he was respected and he was well known and people listened to what he had to say. Well, I believe this is probably the case for Mordecai. Just like David, who said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to live in the tents of the wicked. Mordecai, he made a choice. He made a choice to be near Esther. And he made a place among the people of the city. And in this, it would seem, God granted him favor because now he's sitting in the gate. That means he is respected. He is one of the guys. Psalm 31, 23 says this about a woman who fears the Lord. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. So that was an honorable place to be. It's kind of hard to picture uh, that in this culture today, but I imagine that these men who sat at the gate are sort of like a group I used to see at McDonald's every morning. They were the older gents, and they'd gather, they'd sip coffee and solve all the world's problems. And if you had a need, you knew where to find them. 
And there was no Facebook or Twitter in Mordecai's days. But to these men who sat at the gate, it was the social media platform of their time. This is where they shared their news, opinions, talked about grandkids. At the gates, they'd be the first to hear about whatever was going on in the citadel of Susa, who was married, who died. What were the king's most recent edicts? Well, God calls us to be gatekeepers. We keep his gates. Like Mordecai, desiring to be as close as possible to his daughter, we sit as close to God as we possibly can. We want to hear what's on his heart, what's going on in God's kingdom. When we sit at the gates, it is up to us what we allow in and what we allow out. And that is an important role. It requires a certain amount of maturity to do it well. And we are about to see Mordecai take that responsibility very, very seriously. He's sitting at the gate and somehow he gets wind of a plot against the king. A coup is about to take place. Well, I imagine Mordecai had a few choices and one of them would certainly be to do nothing. I doubt he was the only one who heard of this plot there at the gate. Big Than and Teresh have probably been grousing about the king for ages, and it seems others chose to look away. Kind of like we do, right? Sometimes it's easy to sit still and say, well, God raises up one and takes down another. And that would sound pretty spiritual, wouldn't it? Maybe Mordecai's own daughter could be set free if there was a new political party in office. And from what we read, the king wasn't really the greatest guy ever known. And then I also wonder, was Mordecai risking his life? Because he might even be risking Esther's life if he becomes a whistleblower in this situation. You know, if it's found out that he was a tattletale, he might lose the respect of the other men at the gate. And uh, Big Than and Teresh, which I kind of picture sitting there with their brass knuckles on, you know, they might not take to that too kindly neither. But Mordecai does not sit still when he learns a coup may be taking place on his watch. The prophet Ezekiel spoke to the gatekeepers in his day, and he warned them in Ezekiel 33, 6, if the watchmen see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned. If the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. And now take that in consideration along with what Jeremiah told them in chapter 29, when he told the uh, children of Israel in captivity that they were to seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captives and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. So Israel was to seek the peace of their exiled land and to warn the people of trouble. This makes me think about us because, again, we are gatekeepers in a number of ways. We're gatekeepers of our own tongue over what we say and hear. We are determining what we listen to and what we say. We're gatekeepers of our mind. Do we allow trash to invade? Do we listen to gossip or do we seek truth and love? We're gatekeepers of our home. Sometimes it may seem easier to turn the other way when a family member sins. 
Maybe we know or suspect they're viewing images on TV or online. Maybe they're allowing friends in that are choking out the Holy Spirit. And man, it can be hard to stand. I know, believe me. But stand you must. You are the one God put at that gate. I once asked my teen sons to show me a deck of cards they were using to play a game with friends. And they loved that game. It was a huge part of their friendships and their social life. Well, I looked it over and I realized there were, you know, um, it was about witchcraft, really, honestly, bottom line. And I had to tell them, this is not allowed in our home. And of course, that was met with frustration and anger. And I was not very popular for a season. But our job is to be a gatekeeper. Our kids may still grow up and make bad decisions, but while they're under our authority and while we are the one at the gate, our allegiance is always going to be first to God who put us at that gate to protect and watch over it. So maybe you can think of some other gates God has put you in charge of. Because sometimes demonic things want to get inside and form a coup. Oh, yes a coup. They desire to overtake our children and our home. We have to be vigilant. You know why? Currently in America, a lot of people think we are witnessing a coup. An election was held and now widespread voter fraud has been reported. Many of God's people have decided we're going to sit this one out. Let's see what the outcome is. Go with the flow. It's very tempting to think that, yes, you know what, even if they're stealing the national election and did the wrong thing, it's kind of immoral, but people live in immoral societies and they do just fine. Who are we to think that we should fight against the established authorities? And again, that can sound pretty, but America is the land we live in and are gatekeepers of. And God says to seek its peace and pray to the Lord for it. In America, we, the people, can still allow things in or determine to kick things out. We are the ones who share the messages of what's going on through our social platforms for good or evil, and it is a very serious assignment. So it's important to take it seriously. You know, it's not my call to say what that means for you personally. I just want you to take a look at Mordecai, who sat in the gate, and when he heard rumors of a coup, he did something. He became a whistleblower and the matter was investigated. Um, There is a, let's look at numbers chapter 25, verse six through eight. It says, behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren, a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest sought, he rose up from among the congregation, took a javelin in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. All right, so there's a plague. I mean, we can call it a pandemic. And it's killing the children of Israel because of all they have allowed into their camp. As they are weeping and actually confessing this very sin, a man comes in and blatantly commits adultery with a heathen woman. The entire congregation watches in shock. But one man does more than watch. This 
Phineas, a Levite, said no that day to sin coming through the gate. It's brutal. I know the story's brutal. It is the Old Testament. But God stopped the plague when sin was kicked out of the camp. I actually doubt Mordecai was the only one at the gate who heard of the plot against the king. But he was, as far as we can read here, the only one to get up and do something. Proverbs 24, 12 says, If thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not. Doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth he not know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? So please take your role as gatekeeper seriously. No, we do not thrust spears through people. Our enemy is the evil principalities and powers, the spiritual wickedness in high places. And as long as there's life and breath in us, we must go after those things in word, deed, and prayer. And we need to be the whistleblowers before the throne of God, telling God what we see, what we know, and ask that he bring justice to our land, to our homes, and to our own selves. Isaiah thirty eighteen says, for our God is a God of justice. He is just, and he desires for us to ask justly as well. He knows when we're just turning our heads and pretending not to see. So don't allow yourself to be fooled by yourself. <laughs> oh, Lord, we pray to you today. We thank you that you are a God of justice that you are righteous in all your ways, that you do see all. Lord, if we are allowing sin to flow past the gate where we've been sitting, I ask that you'll reveal that to us. In fact, Lord, I pray that you open our eyes to what we might not even be seeing or maybe what we're questioning, but we're afraid to dive in. Lord, I ask for that backbone. I ask for that spine to stand up and do what is right, even when we're taking a chance by doing so. And I do pray for our country. I pray, Lord God, that if this is a coup to overtake this nation by default, by thievery, that it will be exposed completely and that we will see it. They'll be investigated and it will be clear what the answer is. Lord, we want to stand for you and for righteousness in our day. And may we not back down. Father, um, just bless us. Bless these people out there. Okay, uh, I am, as uh, I've mentioned before, on Apple Podcasts now. I'm on Spotify. I welcome you to go there to subscribe so you get any updates and also to leave a review. Apple Podcasts allows you to leave a review, and I'd love it if you do that. I'd love to hear from all of you. So God bless you, and uh, I'll be back sometime next week. In the meantime, stand strong in the Lord and in the power of His might.